before I uh, actually start, uh, I just wondered, some of you probably find that your screen gets covered up with pictures, especially when people are trying to show uh, PowerPoints, all the pictures of all the members. If you go right to the top right-hand corner of your screen, you'll see there's four little buttons. The first one on the right is for it to see everybody at once. But the last one on the left, the tiny little just line, if you click that, you won't get cluttered up with pictures while you watch the PowerPoints that I'm about to show. Okay, so let's get on with the sim simplicity. Uh, first, let me just say that there's a, a, a maxim in the college where I teach, uh, and it says, uh, uh, people that can do, do, and people that can't do, teach. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when it comes to living uh, a, a lifestyle of simplicity, uh, there's a lot of complexities in my life too. And so I apologize if I'm teaching something that uh, I'm, I'm set my face to do, but after 50 years, I haven't got there yet, okay? Uh, so let me show you some PowerPoint. I'll go in between the PowerPoint and me at times, and we're going to talk about uh, these things. Okay, you should, uh, with any luck, have a, a, a screen now showing. Is that right? Can you tell me, Anne? Um, anybody? Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, simplicity in a modern world. Uh, I could talk this morning about several things to do with simplicity. Uh, for example, we could take the topic that Richard Foster takes. Simplicity is about being who you are, not faking it. Or we could uh, look at simplicity and how we do church, which is also a wonderful topic. Or simplicity in presenting the good news. But for me, I'm just gonna look at uh, simplicity as a lifestyle. And in order to see what that lifestyle should be like, I'm going to look at the lifestyle of Jesus. I'm uh, going to see the model that he provides for us and also the teaching on that lifestyle. Jesus modeled a life of simple obedience and trust in his father and a lifestyle where wealth, comfort, position, were of little concern to him. Uh, if we, I should be back now. Uh, if we look at the model of Jesus, uh, we see that he forsook all the glory of heaven to be born into this world, to do the Father's will. He's born in a stable with a father who earned his living as a carpenter. Uh, when he began his ministry, he left home and he went wherever the Spirit led him. He said, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He relied on the kindness of others to feed him and to give him his night's stay. He chose disciples who willingly adopted his lifestyle, forsaking all and following him. A lot of his ministry 
was to the poor. In fact, he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He humbled himself, says Hebrews, and became obedient to death on the cross. And at his death, he borrowed a tomb. He lived a life of simplicity. I will fiddle a bit here because I'm not so good at getting this. There we go. Uh, so Jesus modelled this life of simple obedience and trust to his father. In Luke 14, Jesus taught us that what is, uh, what is required of a lifestyle of simplicity would be for those who chose to follow him. It was necessary. He always said, you cannot be my disciple unless, unless, unless. And that was normally fo fo followed by some description of this lifestyle of simplicity. Jesus taught, taught us large crowds, it happens in Luke 14, uh, were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Living a simple lifestyle has to be motivated by a passion for God and his will in our lives so that our love for our families, our love for ourselves, when compared with the love that we have for Christ, seems like hate in contrast. Obviously, Christ wasn't teaching us to hate our families, but to love him in such an extraordinary way, because it's that love for him that will motivate us to live a life of simplicity. We've just talked about, we are the salt of the world. But do you know the context in which that salt of the earth was spoken about? Well, it's, it's spoken about twice, once in the Beatitudes and once in this passage of Luke 14, which is all about forsaking all. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. So salt is good. How, why did Jesus use the illustration of salt in that case? He wasn't talking it in the context of the light of the world as he was in, in Matthew. Here he's talking in the context of of people who refuse to submit their lives to Christ, who want to be a disciple but, but don't want the submission, don't want the life of simplicity. And he says, if you can't uh, go that way, you're just like salt that's lost its saltiness. 
he told those who would wish to follow him that they would need a different attitude to possessions, just as he had. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So the question when we read this is, well, where is our heart? A lifestyle of simplicity is focused on following Christ. Our heart is placed in doing his will and his purposes for our life and for his kingdom. Jesus taught that concerning possessions and wealth, that if we had, if we had too much concern for these things, it would choke the word of God from transforming a person's life. You remember the parable of the seeds. He said the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. He compared a generous spirit to storing up treasures in heaven. This is the positive side of it all. He said, sell your possessions, give to the poor, provide purses for yourself that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no um, uh, moth destroys. He pointed out the foolishness of making uh, things, possessions, wealth, our priority in life. He told his disciples after the rich young ruler had turned away because his heart was set on treasures, not on following Christ. He said, again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Setting our hearts on treasures, he says, is, it makes it very difficult to submit to his rulership and his love. I'm gonna fiddle for a minute, so you have to, because I turned something off yes, just now, which I shouldn't have done. Uh, hopefully you, you'll probably see this, but uh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, uh, and now I can't find it. Ah! <laughs> sorry about that. I thought I would get caught somewhere down the road and I got caught right now. I'm back, am I? I seem to have, I seem to have you, but never mind. Right. Um, uh, so we've looked at the model and we've looked at Jesus's teaching. So what does this model of simplicity and his teaching on uh, the type of lifestyle that pleases the Father mean to us in the 21st century. We live in a complex world of work, the provision of a home and security for our loved ones, our responsibilities, our need to sometimes climb the ladder of success in the secular world. 
So what does living a life of simplicity, what does forsaking all, what does not focusing our life on material things, what does it mean in this type of life? When I was a brand new Christian, uh, and I'd only been a Christian probably about six months, I met a skinny bloke named George Verwer, of some of you who will know him, who had just come to the UK with a burden to reach the world for Christ. I went to his basement HQ, which was in East London, very well, in fact, just up the road from where I went to primary school. And I met the other members of his team. The basement was damp, it was filled with tracts and books. And he gave me a copy of a book called True Discipleship by MacDonald. And I read it and it revolutionized my life. And I spent every Saturday over at their place all day, folding tracks, painting ancient trucks that would take teams to France, Spain and Italy. But most of all, watching their example of their commitment to Christ and in the way they lived a lifestyle of simplicity. They had forsaken all, not being legalistic, not to go live in a monastery, but they had forsaken all because they had a passion in their life to live for Christ, uncluttered by things, undistracted from their vision, by their need to accumulate all the trappings of the modern world. Uh, and Operation Mobilisation, as just as it revolutionised my life, has revolutionised the lives of thousands of others. I see simplicity as a gift from God. It's a God-given desire and ability to live simply in response to our commitment to him. Next week, Marjorie will share her testimony as to what living a, a lifestyle of simplicity meant for her on the mission field. I must confess I'm uncomfortable with using the word discipline. It gives the wrong impression to me of something I must do in a certain way in order to please God. I see simplicity as just a wonderful gift that once embraced and built into our lives produces joy in us and fruit in our lives. We follow the lifestyle of Jesus, how be it very often like me in a broken human way. But a desire to live simply and not be dominated by material possessions or the wanting of material possessions, to hold things lightly. Our desire for things can so often crowd out our love for God and our compassion for others. That's not where we want our hearts to be. These days, it's not where I want my heart to be. Now, I'm hoping I'm going to have to go back to the slides here and I'm getting a bit confused again. So here we go. Old men. There we go. Ah. Now, there we go. We put that right. Sorry about this, but that was this has gone like this because I got, got it all wrong a minute ago. And now it's really wrong. Ah. 
folks, we're getting there. A few more minutes. Oh, fishes. There we go. Uh, <clears throat> so, what does the lifestyle of simplicity depend on? What are the fundamentals of it? I see those fundamentals as, first of all, our walk with God, walking closely with Him. Secondly, having a simple contentment with what we have, not overly concerned about possession and status and possession. Living in obedience and trusting him for the provision of our daily needs and those of our family. And creating a people-orientated life. You know, people are more important than material things. They're more important than qualifications, careers, uh, excessive work may bring material benefits, but often prevents us from putting time into people, into our families, into Christian friends, into our neighbours, into our community, into our church fellowship. To live a lifestyle of simplicity may mean we have to make some difficult decisions about our time and our careers. If I pursue this career in this way, where will it fit in my calling from God to be part of his family, part of building his kingdom? Compassion for others. Jesus said, this is how we know what love, sorry, John said, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on him, how then can the love of God be in that person? I'd like to finish with this. Do we own our possessions or do they own us? Do we trust in our possessions or do we trust in God? I love that chapter in Matthew 6, that verse in Matthew 6, that finishes like this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If our treasure is in serving him, in serving one another, serving our community, that will be our priorities in life. That will cause us, I believe, to have this passion for the Lord that will cause us in turn to want to live a lifestyle of simplicity. Thank you for listening. And I'm sorry I messed up the PowerPoint. <laughs> Don't worry, Ron. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, that we have this beautiful model of Jesus Christ. Uh, living in such a wonderful way that we don't have to uh, go back to the early fathers. We don't have to uh, look at other examples, really. Even the great ones like Mother Teresa. Father, we just have to look at the Gospels 
and see the way Jesus lived, lived in simplicity, in obedience and trust of you. And Lord, we pray that you will build that simplicity into our lives too, that obedience, that trust. Amen.